Welcome to Cosmic Explorations Podcast, curated by the cosmos, narrated by Feva Cristina. Hello! Exploring the universe in and of us through a cosmic storytelling of astrology, I want to welcome you to this cheeky journey of sensual shadow play as we claim our liberated authentic expression through expanded pleasure and playful embodiment as a new default for living and loving. Hello, cosmic lovers. It's your girl, Feva, here. And welcome to part two-ish, because there's also an intro, of my personal Apocalypse of 2023 series, where I go through the months of the year and spill the tea on all of the beautiful, excruciating, identity-dissolving lessons that blessed me in this year. And wow, what a year it was, has been. Um... If you're listening to this on podcast, I want to remind you that now I'm doing really weird lo-fi YouTube videos if you want to jump on there and hang out with me on a video. And if you are on YouTube, then hello. <laughs> I want to show you this beautiful uh, cuff set that Santa brought me for this Christmas. Thanks, Santa. Um, it's supposed to be on a tie, but I love to wear it around my ne- neck. It's like, <laughs> can someone please come and get me? and cuff me up (laughs) and oh well um i guess spirit does (laughs) not only spirit but also plant medicine kind of came and got me this year when i was really struggling which is something that i really want to bring through in this podcast episode so we're gonna go through my friends plans um and all of the beautiful initiations that healing through plant medicine brought me as well as uh, my transition moving from Bali back to Europe and hosting my first retreat so stay tuned it's a juicy episode but I also have to say that I am feeling pretty tired because before showing up uh, here I had a energetically big emotional alchemy session with myself And it's something that I've been moving through for the whole year, essentially, this sense of being guided by this deep longing to serve, by this force in me that just wants to contribute, that wants to impact, that wants to help, that just wants to create, very creative side wants to move the energy that's literally what scorpio uh, energy essentially is which is my ascendant right like we're here to transmute the energy to feel it through and let it flow into another kind of form now in certain instances that is met with a lot of resistance as well as pressure pressure that comes from a sense of needing to prove and validate our existence by doing, right? That's the conditioning of the capitalistic patriarchal culture. And not that I want to shit it on it again. I think we all know where I stand on this matter by this point. Um, But what I do want to kind of bring through is how... (sighs) 
when you allow yourself to tap deeper into this and not just jump into blaming a certain external system, which oftentimes it actually is true. So much of what we're experiencing, so much of what we're going through, we can say it's not really ours and yet it also is because it's not really ours in a sense of it is collective, it is bigger than us. We're literally just sampling the collective energy. We're taking on the imprints of the energetic flow of this time and place reality, you know? Even just being on planet Earth, it comes with certain conditions, with certain imprints, with certain rules of what is possible and what isn't. And in a way, we're here to break that, to transcend that, while also masterfully play with it. You know, it's that beautiful polarity play, which can, which brings us the pleasure. <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, it's also epigenetics. If life is one big wave of universal consciousness that continuously reinvents, evolves, experiences itself, which is what really deeply imprinted onto me through these plant medicine experiences this, this year. We are gathering so many of these imprints from our lineages, the generational ancestral karma that we are a part of. And so in a way, yes, it is a part of our duty to carry certain patterns from our parents, our grandparents, up to seven generations back is what epigenetics are proving. And also, it is a matter of awakening and claiming the fact that I no longer will. This stops with me. I'm no longer carrying these imprints, these patterns, this behavior, these beliefs. It is time for, time for a fucking evolution, for a fucking revolution on this planet. And with everything that's going on right now, it is happening. I know it's sometimes not easy to see because so many, much pain and suffering is being reflected and portrayed, projected. And there is, you know, there has to be a tipping point. And I don't know how much deeper can we fall? The truth is being revealed. And so with that, we are able to see things that we have not been able to see before. For that, we need to have space sometimes to be able to feel it. And I think this year, I've been struggling with one of my core woundings of I'm not doing enough right? Attaching our sense of worth to how much we do, especially how much we do for others, how much impact do we create, how much validation um, we can get for our efforts. And that's what my cry today was about. I wanted to create something, yet I felt this inner block, like my energy is just not flowing and I don't know how to move it. And this sense of, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Now, this I can't sounds very much like my mom. <laughs> and so I needed to bring that realization through of like, oh, 
How often do I jump into the energy of my mother who feels paralyzed by her fears? And so to cultivate or nurture a sense of belonging in myself because I've always been different in my family. I've always been the trigger for others because I was different. I was doing things differently. I was expressing myself unapologetically. I was connected to my desires. And of course, that's triggering to people who grew up in a very different conditions, uh, thinking it is not safe. It is impolite to be who you are because then you disturb others. You're welcome <laughs> to my family. <laughs> and also thank you for allowing me to awaken to this. Now, deeper than from this I can't, I can't, which of course I can. It's just a matter of where am I standing in myself? What am I choosing to believe and stand in? And so much of that is in the embodiment rather than just men mental story. It's all connected. That's why we do embodiment practices and somatic release. Um, but then this sense that came through was like, I can't speak up. I can't create because if I do, I'm going to harm others. I'm going to, wait, I actually wrote it down. If I do... If I live my truth out in the open, others will get hurt. I need to stay down and invisible to not harm others. That was the voice that came through. I was like, where the fuck is that coming from? That's not mine. That's, that's not mine. Okay, okay. Well, I, apparently I'm carrying it. But like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and what are you doing in my head? And you know what I started doing recently? I started praying <laughs> and those who have been around my space for a while, my relationship to God has been very interesting because I was raised in a cultish environment with a very religious father in a special sect of the church, which is not a, new, a usual one. It's like a minority within the Christian realms. But yeah, I started praying because what this year has showed me is that so much, we spend so much time acting and pretending to be someone that we're not most of the time. And I mean, to some extent, that's our whole human persona, right? Something that we're not. Truly, because truly in our essence, I personally believe we are divine. We are God. And so I pray for God to fill me up, to lift the dense fog of illusion, to let me see, to let me see and feel my truth, where I can give my life experiences as an offering to something bigger and greater. God, I mean, what does God mean, right? Like I talk about this often. And it's changing because I don't think God can be a fixed thing. I think, I don't think God can be defined. Any kind of attempt of 
definition of God, goddess. This mysterious force is, it's not a part of it, so we can't. So I'm reaching beyond, beyond these little human limitations. I'm willing to experience them, but also not get stuck in it. So I started praying. And in this prayer, you know, what also arose was a very similar experience to what I had in May this year when I met with Bufo. I mentioned Bufo a few times. It's called Bufo Avarius. It's a medicine considered a psychedelic a hallucinogen. It's also the structure of 5-MeO-DMT. It is a substance either derived from a toad, a frog from South America, or uh, synthetically um, generated, which has similarly healing properties and is sometimes even more um, ethical because when it comes to like the frog medicine together with combo, another frog medicine, which is another South American healing ritual with a poisonous secretion of uh, frogs, I had my reservations around this plant medicine because um, it's not a medicine if it if it's not sacred if it harms another being. And so for me, it's very important when I go and do plant medicine that I know how it's derived, how it's prepared, how is it sourced. Um, so I always do my research to the best that I can before taking it. Um, but with Bufo, they say it is the experience of being one with the universe, being one with God. And this has imprinted this year uh, to me so much because all of the spiritual teachings that I previously learned about, heard about, believed in some level through the Bufo experience got in, like I experienced that. I understood what all of those freaking enlightened people were talking about. This is like <laughs> a smoke of enlightenment. You, you take it through the pipe um, or through the EpiPen, Yes, it's called, yeah, a pen. A pen. <laughs> um, the modern shamanism. <laughs> yeah, and it, so it, it brought all of this dissolution. Um, and through my emotional alchemy earlier, it takes you through the stages of when you sink down into your feeling, even when it's suffering, even when it's pain, at the core of it, I just found a wave of the universe. When you truly open yourself up to God to experience what is at the essence of the pattern, of the story, of the pain, you always come down to the essence, which is just a wave of the universe. You know, they say the essence of the universe is love. That's what I believed earlier. Now I'm, I'm maybe, but that love is not just pure bliss. It is just pure existence. 
And when I share these things so vulnerably, like it's not coming from a place of self-pity. It's really coming from a place of raw honesty because so often our awakening and spirituality are glamorized or like people build this expectation that, oh, when I awaken, oh, when I do da-da-da-da-da, then this will follow, right? And it's like this year has brought me to my knees. I shared that in previous episodes. But it was really to bring me into spaces into aspects of myself and life where I still wasn't feeling whole when I still felt feel lack when I'm still scared when I still trip and put the mask of illusion on when I still where I still suffer we are brought to those spaces and those experiences to possibly experience them in a new way so it comes with a choice and this is where spiritual practice is important because it gives you the tools as well as the spaciousness to be even able to make it a conscious choice in the in the eye of a traumatic trigger of an experience that is deeply scarring that maybe has lifetimes or generations of conditioned suffering and pain you know, those are those moments where sometimes you even know better, but you're still unable to make a different choice. Ooh, those are those are tricky. You know, when you have so much awareness, yet it's not yet embodied in the body to make a different behavioral connection because it's in the posture <laughs> that the posture dictates how you're able to move through life. And that's why we work with the body. And this is where we shake, and this is where we dance, and this is where we tap to move the energy and create new experiences. And this is what one of the purposes of plant medicine is, to expand our perception and embodied experience of what is possible, to bring the remembrance of the truth. When we get so deeply distracted by being a limited human mess, <laughs> With all of the conditionings and the limiting stories, plant medicine appears to remind us what truly matters and who you truly are. And that is not to say that I'm necessarily here promoting and saying that everyone should do plant medicine, even though I think that would be a really interesting and cool world to live in. And yet, you know... Medicine, plant medicine is something that comes to you rather than you going to it or them. It calls you when it's time. And so maybe the fact that you're listening to this podcast now, maybe it holds a certain invitation. I don't know. Maybe it comes with a sense of yes, yes, but not yet. I personally needed to learn a lot about it before I was ready for some of them. But when ayahuasca knocked on my door in 2028, it was like, I don't know what this is when I heard the name, but I think I need it now. It was such a clear calling. And then combo was in my awareness for a long time, but it wasn't until last year that I was like, oh, wow, now it calls me. And so in last episodes... 
I was talking about um, this March hibernation that put me on a bed rest, really re-triggering my core trauma. And I wasn't sure how I'm going to get out of it. And that's when Combo came to me again. Combo, you know, has these cleansing properties. It's It really deeply cleanses not only your body of toxins, it is used for like infections, addictions, depression. It literally changes your energetic frequency. It cleanses your whole freaking aura. That's how I felt. It's a, an instant switch is what I always experience with combo. The fogginess removed. And it's not a glorifying plant medicine. You don't hallucinate up into the universe meeting God per se. You are there to meet God in the pain and in the body. Some people describe combo experience as sensation of dying. <laughs> so for those who don't know, the way that combo is applied is they secrete the poison from the frog uh, they have a special system of how they find it. They say when the fog, frog is ready, it comes to the shamans down from the high trees of Amazonia. They come down to be scrapped away when they're ready to serve and give the medicine. And then they actually mark their legs so that they know this frog already served the medicine so that we don't take too much. That's very important. Now, when this um, medicine is prepared, you create holes in your arms or legs or anywhere in the body really but traditionally it's usually arms and legs sometimes the back neck heart la 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 so it's burned with a stick and then on the burned skin you apply the medicine and you can have many different dots um, and then within a few minutes usually the medicine kicks in and it's a fairly short uh, ritual of like 30 minutes ish depends on the intensity of your intention of the process um but it's uh, supported by deep purging so in other terms you puke <laughs> most of the time sometimes you go to the toilet um you sweat you shake um the temperature rises. There are many, many ways of, for the body and the medicine to cleanse. For me personally, to my surprise, combo really felt like my medicine in a way of like, it called forward my warrior archetype where I can sit straight, <laughs> like where others go, oh, like I'm dying. I'm like, Great. I'm I was born for this. <laughs> um, which maybe is a trauma response of um uh, being so used to pain and suffering that I'm just like, ha, huh. easy. Um but in that particular combo session in April that I did that got me out of the pattern of this lying in bed, not being able to move and just being in the trauma response, it really moved that needle. And when I, when I was served combo, it felt like the whole jungle welcomed me. And it was that remembrance of, oh, 
you're the jungle. I'm the jungle. The whole freaking jungle lives inside of me. That interconnectedness with the whole planet and everything that goes beyond. The remembrance of the shamans that live inside of us. And the fact that so many plant medicines are popping up all over the world now, coming to the West, it's such a beautiful testimony of like, the plants are supporting the evolution of this planet. Sometimes we judge the Western medicine, but hey, the medicine is showing up for a reason. It wants to be served. It wants to help. It wants to support us. And what a freaking blessing it is. combo there's not much psychedelic effect but it can be when you're attuned to the energy you can really feel what level of your bodies the medicine is working with is it the physical is it the emotional is it i mean it's all interconnected anyway but like in the purge you can really see depending on the color of the purging depending on like the foam i really literally puked the hard metal out and like so much liver cleansing and i mean in chinese medicine in ayurveda in many ancient medicines um, they speak about the connection of our emotional worlds with our um, organs you know the the alive organs that have their own life cycle their own spirit as well there is this um, practice i think coming from the chinese medicine please that might be wrong i'm not standing fully behind that but it's like smiling at your organs as a practice because um they have their own spirit they have their own soul that we get to communicate with and that's such a beautiful practice that then also guided me into my womb healing journey that has been a big part of this year as well together with a series of vaginal infections and yeast infections, which is something that I was cleansing through combo as well. It's a beautiful medicine for that. But, you know, you got to also be careful to not overdo it because it can fuck with your um, stomach flora, with your gut flora. And so always as we cleanse, we replenish. Such a beautiful cycle. Like as we're letting in, we're letting go. As we're letting go, we're letting in. It's like this circular movement as the nature of life. Ah, oh, and you know, the combo then also was a part of the preparation for the Buffo experience that I mentioned earlier. It was just truly the most powerful psychedelic experience that I've ever had and you know many years ago I also smoked DMT but this was a completely different experience it's not it's not meeting God which DMT in a way is this is like becoming God becoming the essence of who you are and it's not in a cocky way of like now I'm God it's um God which is a wave of consciousness, pure existence. I did Bufo just before leaving Bali in May, in the north of Bali, such a beautiful setting with a friend of mine who is a facilitator. And we did it in three rounds. My intention, I don't fully remember what my intention was, to be honest, but it was in the healing for sure. 
And it was such a beautiful storytelling that came through in my first session. The healing guided me into my maternal lineage, my feminine energy. There was so much shaking, so much energy released through the body. And I could feel as like you're taken up, you lose your consciousness in a way, and you become it. <laughs> you lose your awareness and become the consciousness is maybe the better way of saying. And it literally felt like the matrix unraveling, the patterns I could feel and I could, I was my patterns and I was cracking and I was opening up and it was, it was, oh, it was dissolving and melting and flowing. And all this deep feminine pain and grief that has been stored in my womb, that has been causing me so much pain through my menstrual cycle, through my infections, when I was doing kundalini activations, which were a big part of this preparation journey of this healing of April and May, I would so often tap into this ancient feminine grief and rage of our ancestors, of centuries of rape, sexual abuse, sexual manipulation I have I have past lives of being a sex slave <laughs> thank god I can turn it into a kink now <laughs> and yet it comes with so much sadness as I was healing this through one of the kundalini activations which is literally like allowing this life force energy the light of the universe the eros which is the essence the life-giving force to flow through me and open up the energetic centers and channels of my being at some point it got so intense that for two weeks, my whole left body was paralyzed. The left side of the body representing the feminine. And for me, my tension points are in my neck and my shoulders, carrying the heaviness, the burdens of my lineage. And oh my, the feminine, how fucking tense she was, how fucking scared and in survival. The Body Keeps the Score is one of the wonderful books that I highly recommend of explaining how trauma is stored in our bodies and how we can work to release that, but also nourish that. You know, it's too often we just try to get rid of it. But what all of these plant medicine journeys show me again and again, it's not about getting rid of it. It's about integrating it in the healthy, conscious, loving way. Sometimes it's, not sometimes, it's not cutting it away. It is bringing it back into the wholeness. And what these plant medicine journeys do is really take you there, show you what true sense of oneness means. And so in this session of clearing and cleaning and healing my feminine lineage, It was a lot of releasing, but it came with a completion of guiding this energy back home, guiding it back into the source rather than trying to fucking burden myself with it and carry all the 
heaviness just because I'm afraid that it's going to be alone because I don't want to create a bigger separation. And so I hoard it. It's not about hoarding your pain and your karma. It's about offering it to the universe. It's bigger than you anyway. You're just a teeny tiny drop in the big ocean. And so why are you trying to hold the whole freaking ocean when you can just soak in it and be your tiny little drop? Can that be enough? <sighs> the feminine teaching of just being it's such a big one it's something that we are learning as a humanity on a big big scale as well as you know whenever we're working with a feminine we gotta work with the masculine in this planet it's one and the same it one supports the other actually strengthening not strengthening let's say healing our feminine comes with healing our masculine if you want to be more feminine you gotta work on creating a healthy relationship with your masculine and so the second session of my buffo experience was with the masculine Fuck. I don't... <laughs> whenever it comes to my father i can get a bit avoidant to be completely honest and this is what today's cry was also about of being connected to this sense of pressure that oh, like um, this underlying feeling that I'm just trying to be a good human you know I need to do more I need to serve more because I need to prove that I'm a good human being and that's very much of my father's path very much of his um, pain that then you know we good kids that love our families unconditionally but also are aware of the toxic traits and cannot be surrounded by them all the time just because I don't live close to them because I have chosen a path of my own, let's call it. You know, this sense of belonging when you feel so out of place from your family comes then in many different sneaky ways. I shared earlier of like, kind of overspending my money to nurture a sense of feeling broke because that makes me feel like I'm more of my father's because I don't feel that or I want to reject that. And so subconsciously, I still want to be close with my father and I still want my mother to love my father, you know, like these very primitive, primal human patterns that we all carry. And family constellation, which I'm going to talk about in the next episode, was a big part of that. But healing the father lineage is like it's coming to realizations. What are the stories that we're trying to live out for our parents that we see them being incapable of doing or realizing or becoming? And then we take upon it. Sometimes our parents project it onto us, right? with their pressure and their wishes for our lives. But oftentimes we also just subconsciously take it on. There were processes in this Bufo journey that I'm not able to recall or explain because it's beyond that. 
you know, when you go into the journey after taking in the medicine, it feels like eternity. There is no time. I think in reality, one session would last between 15 to 20, 25 minutes. For me, 25, <laughs> I go deep. But, um, you know, it's like you could be in it for a minute or you can be in it for eternity because time is a construct of this space and reality. And with this plant medicine, you travel beyond. What really created a strong imprint from this buffo masculine journey was the guidance of an eagle, the spirit animal of the eagle, condor, phoenix, the divine masculine I felt being present in the eagle symbolism. And even in the combo journey that I had a day before my buffo, something got deeply stuck in my throat and the throat has been a very vulnerable energetic space for me. My expression, my truth. Oh, I'm uh, purging as I say that. Like the pattern that came earlier when I said, I cannot share my truth because I'm going to harm others. Where is this coming from? I could go into past lives and I can go into other stories. But in that moment in Buf in Combo, as I was working through this harsh one and it was stuck and I was struggling and it was painful, but once it was able to come out and be released, a dove flew out of my throat. A dove, a symbol of liberation. Something got released. Just like this eagle showed me that you're able to soar above, have an eagle perspective, seeing the details yet being able to see it from a much bigger vantage point, to able to detach, to release and let go create your own sense of freedom. Eagle to me represents the strength of the divine masculine that knows the direction, that has that strength, that comes with clarity and integrity. And since then, it's been such an important anchor in my life that when I wobble, when I struggle, when I long for the masculine, I call upon the divine masculine in the form of the eagle. Spring, spread his wings above me and around me to help me feel this strength, to help me feel this. Oh, it just comes with like this pure clarity, pure groundedness. It was such a powerful session too. Again, unraveling of the patterns. And with Buffo, sometimes you don't know what's happening. You're just in it. You're just it. And it creates a new sense of, oh, fuck, remembrance. That's what I am. That's what it all is about. Like it really showed me how life is just a series of paradoxes. It doesn't make sense. And that's what it is. It doesn't have to make sense. It is this and it is that. It is suffering and it is the pure existence of pleasure. It is in this physical reality 
that is real, that it, we cannot just say, oh, this physical reality is just an illusion. No, on this plane, it is not. In this plane, it is a reality. And so we play the game, but do we identify with the player? If you identify with the player, then you're going to lose, then you're going to die eventually. What if you are the game? And that's what Buffo experience showed me. It's literally God playing with God. It was an embodied experience of how we are this drop, these little pieces and glimpses, sparks of manifestation, and how nothing is so fuck like it's really not serious. It's really not serious. It gives you a sense of detachment. And since then, I feel like oh, the struggles, I've been able to process my burdens, my struggles much more quickly because I just realized that, oh, it's just an experience. It's not that serious. It's just a game. So how do I play? From this, like the conscious drama club and sensual shadow play, which is what I teach, got crystallized and more grounded, more anchored into myself. I am a character in this big screen, screen of life. So everything is true and nothing is. Once you taste what it's like to be everything and nothing at the same time. When the veils get lifted, what is left is just pure flow. The nature of life, the nature of existence. Becoming one with the universe. Damn. It's interesting. I said earlier that I started to pray. But what this Bufo experience gave me, it's like really this realization that nothing matters and everything does at the same time. It, you cannot make a mistake. It doesn't fucking matter if you get out from your house today or not, if you get out of bed or not. It doesn't matter. Like your existence is godly by nature. Your pure existence. There's absolutely nothing you have to do. Absolutely nothing you have to do. But you can if you want to. Maybe it is coded in your body and your DNA to create a certain wave in this lifetime. But once this realization sinks, sinks in that like our life is a series of energetic waves, can we ride them without the agenda of where they need to go? The wave doesn't know where it's going. It's always going to the shore. That's for sure death <laughs> and then it's being pulled back into the everything into the ocean into the essence right and so are our lives and so why the fuck would i pressure myself of am i gonna write this post today or not who pressures me and that is not to say that i don't do it but it changes the energy with which I can go and show up for what I want to do. So what is the energy from which you're showing up to do anything in life, really? I think that's the key for all our doing. Energy first, 
sometimes what helps move the energy is the inspired, grounded, aligned action. Yes, sometimes it comes simultaneously. I'm going to say most of the times it comes simultaneously. Too often we write such long fucking to-do lists where in reality we just need to set our energy right and then the do follows and happens <laughs> in itself. Mm. Yeah, that Buffo experience, we're still there because it was significant, you know? It's like a life-changing moment for sure. It opened up so many new channels in my energy. Like there were other mystical things that happened in that session that I feel like kind of keeping to myself. Um, yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, but what happened was afterwards, I've been having this little spontaneous awakenings, I guess you could call them. This little moments of rolling in the golden matrix golden field field of possibilities of waking up in the middle of the night because i'm literally rolling on the clouds of existence because i am back in that sense of oneness i guess the moment of enlightened state i've been having access to golden sparks of pleasure so many times, even when I connect to other plant medicine, let's say mushrooms or cannabis, which has been a beautiful plant medicine in my journey that at times in my life, I have abused it and misused it. And nowadays I do it ritualistically every now and then. It's a beautiful, creative, reconnecting, grounding experience for me. It just like um, reconditions and reestablish, can like lights that extra spark of fire to this remembrance of what it is that this life is truly about. About connection, <laughs> about experiencing yourself in all the flavors. I keep saying that, and it's so important for this to sink in because otherwise we judge ourselves for not doing enough. Yeah. And so one last plant medicine that I want to share a really beautiful experience with are mushrooms. And in April, I got invited to host some workshops and a tea ceremony at this retreat in Gili Islands, Gili Air. It's like this beautiful three little Gili Islands that are close to Lombok, another big island in Indonesia. And all three islands are traffic free how freaking cool and essentially they're muslim um you have um this beautiful uh yeah sacred sites there and no roads for cars just little paths they come with like carriages and an interesting thing is that even though it's a muslim state mushrooms and cannabis are open and free you can literally buy them at the bar <laughs> they grow naturally and so one of the days we went on a snorkeling journey because they have beautiful coral reefs there 
we hired a private boat and they took us around the islands to some beautiful spots to snorkel. And well, crazy as I am, uh, or just um, inspired as I am, I took mushrooms, the local mushrooms for the snorkeling experience. And of course it was freaking beautiful <laughs> seeing all of this coral reefs and the most crazy looking fish and it just sinks in of like what a freaking world we live in what a freaking masterful creation this planet is oh my god of course it's a fucking trip of course it's a fucking illusion in a way because this is freaking perfection and it comes with a polarity and duality and the other side of the paradox where we were taken to this site um, where they put statues of lovers in a circle. It's quite popular if you uh, Google Gili Air. I think that's actually Gili Tramangan or Gili Meno. Gili Islands snorkeling. You're going to find the picture of this lovers in the bottom of the ocean. And I snorkeled down there and everyone's like, oh, wow, so pretty. I didn't think so because what I saw, the statues, humanity, human form, have been covered with algae and all kinds of like growth. And what I saw in that is the disease of the humanity and how it's manifesting on our body. Now what happened is the statues are at the bottom of the ocean, the bottom of the unconscious so that we cannot see the ocean, the emotional realm, the emotional illness of humankind that we push down into the unconscious. That's what those statues represented to me. And it just like really reaffirmed of, oh, this is the root of it. In order to preserve, save, nourish this planet, we got to work with the unconscious trauma that lives inside our bodies. Otherwise, we're a, an ill society that constantly starts war, that keeps poverty when there's so much money in the world that would easily feed everyone but we don't so that was a bit of a heartbreaking experience um and at the same time like Buffo teaches holding the polarity it's not always in judging what we condemn as wrong Sometimes it is about actually bringing that judgment back into the wholeness or even the expression of the judgment of how is this serving in this moment. And that's how we turn the wheel forward, not by separating more of like, this country is now the bad guy killing that, da, 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 da. more separation. Yes, of course, it's fucking wrong, but we're just deepening the freaking problem and deepening the drama, not, not drama, yeah, drama that is literally a war, but the trauma that is causing it. Once we go there, once humanity heals at a core trauma, which is actually a sense of separation, and that's why maybe everyone should do plant medicine. <laughs> yeah, until then, this is what we have.
Now, in that mushroom snorkeling experience, there was a moment where I climbed on the roof of the boat, the little boat, as we were driving around the islands. And I was just looking, this is like heavenly looking little islands, tropical islands with crystalline waters, with white sand, with palm trees everywhere. There's like volcanoes around. When you look at like the mountainary tropical islands, it's just gorgeous. We were watching, I, I, one of the evenings, there was like an open beachside cinema and they were screening Moana movie and Avatar, the new Avatar movie. And I'm like, I'm literally there. The scenes from Avatar and Moana, this is what Gili Air looks like. This is what Lombok looks like, that region of Indonesia. One of the most beautiful places in the world I've ever seen. But so... As we were driving, like circulating there, what mushrooms do is they really open up my vocals. I love to sing. I don't sing, actually songs sing me when I'm open to the medicine of mushrooms. And so in that moment, there were these beautiful tunes coming out of me, these beautiful vibrations. And I was just looking this islands. And I realized I was singing the songs of these islands, the feminine frequency was there, nature singing through me. And then this shifted in a way of like, it wasn't just nature singing, it was the women of these lands singing through me. And it was the songs of forgotten women. The women, especially from the Muslim world, the women from the East that are often forgotten, the women behind kitchen counters in their houses, the women that are not often seen and recognized by the collective society, the women that have so much wisdom, so much love, so much capacity for nourishment and healing the women that have been forgotten. And in that moment, I felt them. I felt their heart, their beauty, their significance, their worth. It was, there were sad songs, but they held such gentle, potent power, so much medicine. And it reminded me of a quote that I heard Dalai Lama once said. He said that Western women are going to save the world. But in that moment, I realized not because of who we are, but because the Western women are meant to give voices to the forgotten women, the indigenous women the ancient medicine women, the original witches that have been practicing behind the closed doors, the ancient women that live inside of us, where my feminine lineage is not my burden from all of the sexual rape, all of the loss of power, all of the abuse of their body and their cyclical nature. No, where I get to feel their power, that they survived that they thrived in their own way, that they were fighting for their rights. 
so that I don't have to, so that I get to now shift and bring the medicine back out when it's safe, when it's safe to call myself a witch. During these last few years, I really reconnected and remembered the ancient feminine mysteries. For me, they're really much connected to the goddess Isis, the supreme mother of Egyptian lineage. Goddess Isis, together with Mary Magdalene, the path of the rose, the Mary that was deemed as a slut by the late Roman Catholic Church because of the feminine powers that she possessed. And oh my, oh my, are women powerful. And so they need to be controlled. And so as she was changed into a slut and a prostitute, where in reality she was Yeshua's, Jesus's partner, initiating him into his healing powers. She was studying in the Isis temples in Egypt, studying the tantric arts, the feminine arts, the sexual alchemy, the strongest force we have as human beings in the physical body. You know, these are the voices of the forgotten women that are now awakening. Sometimes I'm a little annoyed by everyone working with goddesses and Mary Magdalene and oh my God, we're all goddesses. It's okay. It's a young <laughs> awakening, you know, like we have some room for growth here. But again, it's like, it's powerful. This awakening that so many women are now remembering where they come from. And that's also our lineage. It is not just the abuse of our late ancestors. It is the power of the matriarchy that once existed on this planet that we are now coming back to. That matriarchy, you know, it, it's the balance. That's the wave of the universe. That's the great divine union of the pure consciousness, the pure divine masculine that receives a momentum by the divine feminine that creates this reality. This is what we come from. This is what we are in our essence. And this is what we're returning to. And so all of these beautiful, beautiful medicines allow us to remember and then bring that into integration, embody the lessons, bring it into the practical so that we can evolve as a human race, that we can evolve as a planet. I... Yeah. You know what they say, you got to bring the gold back home to the village. <laughs> And so in June, it was my time to go back to Europe. I've been contemplating my return for a really long time. And sometimes we get trapped into the overthinking. I'm like, oh my God, how will I know? How will I know? You always know when you know. So stop stressing about it. Like ground, come back to your connection with the spirit, to God. Dance, <laughs> pray. You will know when the time is right. Look up your human design authority or get a session with me. We can help you attune to that. <laughs> it's a whole process. 
yeah, coming back home. That's where the real integration starts, eh? <laughs> and I'm going to be brief on this one. But as I came back to Slovenia, I also hosted my first retreat that was called Coming Home because so much of my previous years has been initiation into what does home even mean. And this continues to grow and evolve and initiate. But it was such a beautiful kind of integration of my plant medicine journeys because I literally hosted my retreat at my 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 house, my family home, and on my ancestry land, the house where my grandpa was born, where my mom grew up, where I grew up for a big portion of my life. It was such a beautiful um Oh, such a beautiful testament, such a beautiful reconnection. One evening we had a fire at, um, yeah, on the land. And I could feel the land singing with us, being so grateful that I brought this medicine of different practices to this space. And I feel like as uh, we were healing ourselves, we were healing the land, and as we were healing the land, the land was healing us, it was this beautiful symbiosis, such a, such a beautiful, powerful connection to the ancestral lands, we were born there for a reason, and I think it's crucial for us to keep coming back every now and then, I'm in the process of that, no, but these tales of everything that happened on that land whispered to me through the wind. They were so happy. They were so welcoming, grateful, encouraging that we were there. And I got to reconnect with my grandpa in spirit. We forget to honor our ancestors. That's literally the backbone of our existence. And sometimes, you know, we're struggling with the history that it brings. It is in our connection to the roots that anything else can really sprout. This retreat was not only happening at my family house. I also recruited my mom and my grandma to cook for the retreat, which was another layer of the story that really showed me where I'm still holding on to certain grudges with my mom and where I'm walking around eggshells trying to people please to not upset her so that I can be okay. It was a big initiation into letting go of control. I actually got sick with COVID. Um, a week before the retreat, <laughs> which in a way was perfect because my mind was so foggy and I was so tired that I couldn't control much, that I really needed to surrender to the spirit, God, to work through me. So much of our doing is not our doing. Once we're able to let that ego go of our personal ambition and like what we think we need to do and just allow life to flow through, Things happen perfectly. 
and opening up to this greater service. No turns, brings unexpected turns. Yeah. And many unexpected turns happened this year. I moved, I counted eight times in this year, which is four times less than the year before. <laughs> it's interesting to live everywhere and nowhere at the same time. But it is in the roots, that sense of home, you know, that this retreat was really about. That reminds us of where are we still putting our sense of home, sense of safety on the external circumstances, things, people, what should happen, what we should achieve, what we can provide for others, rather than who we be. This plant medicine healing journey set me up for a lot of other things that happen afterwards that I will be really revealing in the next two episodes that take us through the summer and then the end of the year and oh my it is a funny fu funny one <laughs> now what I want to finish here um, is something that I talked about with my best friend who also attended the retreat in June and she was quite new to this it was like the first time that I think she really realized that she's a witch <laughs> and it's such a privilege to be able to see a witch reclaim that you know a witch she says Jenna Koya Ujiva <laughs> of like a woman that enjoys a woman that is in her pleasure for that we used to be punished because they knew that our pleasure is a dangerous, dangerous power that makes us magnetic and unstoppable. That's another journey for another time that I'm going to talk about probably in the last series, uh, part of this series. But what she mentioned earlier is that it was the first time that in the ceremonial space that we had at the retreat, she said us, she heard us say, Aho, which is this South American tribal amen, a prayer of so it is, and so it is, aho. That's like a, a portal of closure, reclamation, reconciliation, gratitude. But what was funny is that the funny girl she is, shout out to Dragana, she was like, but wait, 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 were you shouting kurva, kurva? A hoe, as in hoeing, being a hoe, as a slut. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, fuck me. <laughs> this is brilliant. You see, the plants know, God knows, life is not that serious. And so let us hoe. <laughs> this is what I keep saying. And this is what the plants keep revealing to me again and again, especially it started with ayahuasca of like, God is one kinky motherfucker here to play a kinky game of life. And it comes with like, mm, I love this little play. 
of pain and pleasure <laughs> holding the paradoxes and so let us ho and find out <laughs> fuck around and find out so yeah if you want to fuck around ho and find out some more about your essence about who you came here to be what are your unique little traps that you get stuck in? What can help you liberate that energy based on your energetic blueprint? What are the past life experiences that are haunting you? What kind of epigenetic familial patterns are you carrying that you can awaken to and clean up in your life and say, this stops with me. This now starts with me, creating a new blueprint for the lineage. That's what I work with with my humans, with my tribe. So if you want to work on this with me, Cosmic Explorations is your playground. I work one-on-one -on -one with people in three, six-month-long mentorships or give you a one-time cosmic ass bank that sets you on a journey that really captures the core and the whole so that you can then continue weaving and walking and dancing through life lighter. I'm more connected with that which truly matters. Hit me up any kind of way. <laughs> Thank you for being here with me. I would love if you send a feedback, liked, comment, subscribed, put a five-star review, anything. I hear it helps to spread the message, spread the love. Let us love each other.